This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. We are four friends in three states across two time zones with a shared passion. Welcome to the Sports Talk Garage Podcast, where we hit the fast lane to discuss our favorite drives from the track and the ice to the court and the ball fields. We are four lifelong friends who grew up with a love of professional and collegiate sports. Today, we are bankers, investors, professors, and entrepreneurs, but our love of sports has never changed. Come listen for the fun, gain some insight, and probably a few laughs as we give you our perspective on those last lap lead changes, game-winning scores, and franchise players. This is the Sports Talk Garage. Welcome, everyone, to Season 2, Episode 9 of the Sports Talk Garage Podcast. I'm John, here with my normal co-host, David. How's it going tonight? Oh, pretty well. Happy to be back. we got a lot of football going on. It's been a great weekend watching, so I'm glad to get to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, and we uh, just an update. Matt, uh, unfortunately, is out sick tonight. You know, it's that time of the year where everything's going around, so uh, hopefully a speedy recovery for him. Hopefully we'll have him back uh, next week or so. But, um, yeah, before we get started, uh, just to give you guys a quick reminder. So uh, we love interacting with you guys, whether it be on social media or via email or, or your polls or whatever the case may be. So if you want to reach out to us, the best way to do it is you can email us uh, at feedback at sportstalkgarage.com. We'll put that in the show notes. We have an incredible website that our producer, Chris, put together with our bios, all of our recent tweets, um, our prediction, standings and challenges, all that fun stuff at www.sportstalkgarage.com. You can find us on Twitter. If you're not already, uh, hit that subscribe button or that follow button now. Uh, you're missing out on a lot of great stuff. If you're not already following us um, at Sports Garage Pod. Um, and guys, we are almost at 5,000 listeners. Uh, we are just short of a pretty monumental milestone for four guys that started this podcast is just an opportunity to talk about sports every week now in our second year and uh, getting ready to hit a big milestone. So we would love to, for you guys to be a part of that, to help us grow this, help us you know, tell your friends. Um, obviously you can find us on you know big heads media uh, podcasting group, a lot of pod- great podcasts out there. Um, but you know, tell your friends, tell uh, your neighbors, tell your family um, and be sure to hit us a, you know, five star review. That means a lot to us. Um, Email us, send us a direct message, whatever the case may be. We want to hear from you guys and love interacting. Uh, we may not always agree with each other, but that's what sports <laughs> is all about. So it's about. Yeah. Side note, I did not realize we were almost at 5,000 listens. That's awesome. Yeah, we are it's, counting it's down. Work. So, um, yeah, so we're looking forward to that. Um, all right, so let's start with the green flag without further ado and get into a painful topic for me. Uh, mm. So last night I uh, flew it back from Florida uh, had a long uh, uh, day of travel and then was excited to go to the Bears game yesterday afternoon, and that turned out to be a, a bad day. So let's talk <laughs> about the Bears. Uh, you know, we spent some time talking about the Panthers and, and their QB struggles and offensive struggles and things like that. So fortunately, I think it's time we're going to have to turn the tables um, on the Chicago Bears. Clearly the favorites to, you know, win the division. They were, uh, you know, one of the top favorites to win the Super Bowl this year. Now they're sitting at three and three. So, Dave, I got to ask you, what do you think is going on with the Bears? Are you, you know, defensively they've had a little bit of setback, but they're still the Chicago Bears defense. But on the offensive side, is this Matt? Is this Mitch Trubisky or is this Matt Nagy that you're putting oh the blame on gosh. this? 
Uh, well, yeah, defense, I mean, they're not number one in the league, but they're still a very dominant defense who I'm glad the Panthers are not facing right now because that would be a problem. Looking at offense, though, man, it's tough to look at them. I think if I have this right, they're the only team that has not surpassed 300 yards in a game this season, which were, you know, seven weeks in, which that's kind of an odd thing to hear that's far in. I'm going to put some blame on both Trubisky and Nagy. Uh, Nagy was this great offensive mind with the Chiefs. You know, they had a stellar running game, pass game. They got Patrick Mahomes. I mean, just calling plays, everything fits, everything goes perfectly. So the Bears get him over. And you have this set of he's done this before. He's going to do it here. Trubisky, you know, he's progressing well into his second season. And then all of a sudden this year, he's like he's regressed. He's taken a step back. I think there's a few things behind that. One, there is no running game. I believe in the game against the Saints, there were only seven rushing attempts for like 17 or 18 yards. Yeah, which is a it, franchise it record. Yeah. Bears are in their 100th season. That's the lowest ever in 100 ever. years. That's a pretty bad stat, especially for such a long time frame. But, I mean, they traded away Jordan Howard, drafted David Montgomery, and he hasn't done as much as they were probably hoping for a third-round pick. But two were, I guess, two names that really stick out, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Both picked in the same draft class. Trubisky was at two. Uh, Mahomes is at 10 and Watson at 12. At some point, are you wishing they wouldn't have taken Trubisky and taken one of those two? I mean, without a running game, it's kind of, I want to say exposed him because there's definitely some play calling issues by not calling a play that's going to help your quarterback when Reed's checkdowns get all out quickly. But you got to think, was that a mistake taking Trubisky and possibly passing up on these two other great quarterbacks? Well, I mean, I think they're – they obviously the other two are a little bit more polished. Uh, you know, we knew that when we got Mitch, only, what, 13 games in college. Um, mm-hmm. I watched every single one of them. Obviously, he's a, a Tar Heel, you know, like us. And so we, we watched, uh, you know, a lot of – probably more than most people in this country, you know, game film and live coverage of Mitch Trubisky in college. So, but, but I saw all kinds of, you know, exciting uh, and, and polished play, but we knew it was going to be that transition game was going to be a little bit difficult coming into the NFL. We knew it was going to take a little time. Obviously the first year under John Fox, completely waste of a year. <laughs> uh, just forget it. You might as well just call this the sophomore year for Mitchell Trubisky because that first year was an absolute joke. Um, so then, you know, last year, you know, like you said, Nagy comes in and, for the first time in years, the Chicago Bears offense. I mean, we've never been known as an offensive team. We've always been a defensive team, you know, ever since 85. That's all I really talked about. Chicago Bears, Chicago Bears defense, 46 defense, defense. defense. Yeah. And for the first time in years, in my lifetime, the Chicago Bears have an exciting offense. And last year was so much fun just watching. I mean, yeah, Mitch had a couple of overthrows here and there. You could tell he was still learning. But he and the receivers just looked so in sync. And they dealt with a lot of injuries last year, and they overcame that. And honestly, they probably could have easily gotten to the Super Bowl if it wasn't for the double doink, um, which we try not to talk about too much here in Chicago. <laughs> so, you know, we finally got our kicker. We're looking forward to this year. Things are looking good. And then the last couple of weeks, man, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I mean, I – yeah, I put a little bit on on this on Mitch, but to me, I put 95% of this on Matt Nagy. I mean, okay. like you said, seven rushing attempts and then 54 passing attempts. 54. 
So we're not not only talking about fifty four passing attempts for for any quarterback is is insane, but you're talking about a quarterback who, what just two weeks ago dislocated thankfully his non throwing arm, but dislocated his left shoulder. Yeah, you know which I've dealt with very painful. He's now wearing a harness, which I personally have had to wear. That is that same harness, very difficult to throw in, uh, more or less do anything else in. And he only has practiced a couple of times since that injury. So yeah, we had, and then so we're coming off the bye week. Obviously, he didn't play in London. The Bears came out really, really slow in London, like put themselves in a giant hole and then had to dig their way out and end up losing the game and longer anyways. But how in the world do you have a guy who's barely practiced and who's injured, you call 54 passing plays in a game? How I don't understand that. Yeah, you got to think when – no matter what your quarterback is, wherever the level, you got to call plays that's going to help your quarterback – you know, go through his progression, get some balls out early, not take hits, not some crazy play that, you know, the receivers aren't going to get in on. It doesn't seem like he's calling plays that's actually going to help Trubisky, you know, get yardage here. But especially when you're doing 54 pass plays, that's what, 85, 90% of your plays are passing plays. The defense is going to hone in on that. They're just going to put, you know, four cornerbacks, a couple safeties, fifth cornerback in. I mean, what, what are you going to do? Well, and the problem is this isn't, you know, the the offense was extremely flat last year. Or, I mean, the first game of this year. Um, and we we're like, all right, well, they look rusty. The Packers look rusty. We, you know, we'll be all right. It wasn't until, you know, the last couple of weeks that we started to get really worried about, about Matt Nagy over here. Um, you know, he, he, he blew a big lead through to some pretty piss poor play calling in week one last year at Green Bay. Um I, I just cannot excuse 54 passing attempts. And then of those 54 passing attempts, I would say probably 80% of them are five-yard and out type routes. So we have no – I mean, we have extremely fast wide receivers, but all we do is five and out. It, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that, okay, these guys rarely ever run the ball despite having <laughs> three very, very good running backs, extremely good running backs. They hardly ever run the ball, and when they pass, they barely, they rarely ever even run to the sticks. So why not put nine guys in the box, which is basically what teams are doing now. The same, and you know, we we've been calling out the offensive line. Yeah, they're down Kyle Long, one of the best offensive linemen out there, but just cannot stay healthy. And I'm guessing this is probably going to be the end of his career now. But you. It's almost you can't. I don't want to put too much on offensive line because they're just being bum rushed. There's no mystery, you know. Even the best offensive line in the world, if the defense knows exactly what you're going to do, you can only be so effective uh, without any kind of mystery there. So, yeah, I mean, it, the the Bears are in trouble. They're three and three. They're sitting third in the division. Ideally, you know, on paper they should win the next four or five games easily. Um, and they should have won the last two easily, but. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's 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 rough for a team that was predicted to, to easily win the division now sitting in third and, you know, what, three games behind the Packers right now. So, it's yeah. it's rough. Before the season started, I thought they would be a clear-cut favorite to win the North. And, you know, I think everybody we could, the, we could lead the refs out of this and say, you know, they might have helped the, Pack, ooh, the Packers just a little bit. I mean, Packers are doing well. Vikings are playing well even the lions aren't horrible this year. So, I mean, it's a tall order to kind of reverse this and come back to maybe a wild card spot, possibly take over if the Packers actually lose the game. You know if the refs stop helping them a little bit, but yeah, I mean, uh, you look they got this, a lot of work to put in. They're 26th 
in points at 18.7 a game, 30th in yards, 29th in passing yards, only averaging 193 passing yards a game, 28th in rushing yards. So, and then the crazy thing is that our smallest back at what, five, six, uh, <laughs> buck 80 when he's soaking wet, maybe not even that much. They've been running him up the middle. Why you yeah. don't put Tree Cohen up the middle? Come on, guys. I know Matt Nagy said I got her today in the press conference. He said I know we have to run the ball more. I'm not an idiot, and I'm thinking um, to myself like, then do it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do it exactly. Also, Why aren't you with Cohen? That was totally disrespectful. The Saints measuring him up on the field. Even Sean Payton was getting in on. It. I was like, man, that's low. Yeah. What what <laughs> what was funny though is like I saw the the outcome of that you know the very end of that from being mm-hmm. in the stands but the, the tree cohen actually ran over a guy on that same play and then that guy got up he and his friends sitting there <laughs> talking about you know measuring up in ohio is tree cohen actually put laid mm-hmm. put his head down and laid a guy out so i thought that was pretty funny but yeah i mean i agree that it's not you can't run a guy at the middle that's that small that's not no. what we drafted him for um he's not being utilized nobody's being utilized Third and short, what do we do? We run a trick play, I swear, maybe 80% of the time. <laughs> run the ball up the freaking middle. You got two power backs and a elusive, you know, joystick back. Take mm-hmm. advantage of your skill sets here. It's like Matty Nagy has totally forgotten how to coach, and I'm a little worried. Maybe he wasn't play calling as much in, in KC as we thought or something. I don't I don't know. So well, it's his time to shine and show that, hey, he was worth becoming a head coach. He was worth us getting from Kansas City. So this is his kind of prove-it time right here. Yeah. I know a lot of fans are jumping on Mitch, but uh, I think they're forgetting about the top there. You know, I, I sent out a poll earlier today on our Twitter account. A lot – it was predominantly on Mitch as well on there. Um, I don't know, man. I think people need to step back and to look at the big picture here. Yeah, Mitch is in, is needs to step his game up. Um, but, you know, he – 54 passing call. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so, yeah, it is. That, it, it, for any team, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's enough Bears talk. I, uh, I'll, it's another week I'm going to have to try to forget um, before <laughs> we, uh, we move on to San, or not San Diego. I guess you should say a Los Angeles Chargers next week. But um, let's talk a little college football. So, we had a – I don't know. It was called a dance-off. I don't know if I'd really call it that, in my opinion. But – Georgia Southern University in Coastal Carolina um, had a little—I don't even know what you want to call it. Uh, it wasn't a really an hype incident. session, yeah, I guess. hype session, maybe. What did you think about that? I mean, it's between the third and fourth quarter. Georgia Southern typically plays a hype song; they get themselves fired up, stands get fired up. Coastal Carolina took a little bit of offense to that, kind of ran out there and was jumping up and down and stuff. And the refs ended up penalizing every single player on both teams. <laughs> have yeah, you ever I, seen anything like that? I've never seen I've never heard that. I've seen that video a few times. And it's fascinating watching teams. Like, obviously, they're not disrupting play. Nobody's fighting. Nobody's shouting at each other. They're just out there jumping around, dancing to a song. I didn't really think it was bad. But, yeah, penalizing every player on every team doesn't do a whole lot other than just going in the record book like, hey, we put a penalty in there. The one downside was a couple guys, from, I think from both teams, actually had an unsportsmanlike conduct or some type of personal foul. So this was the second. So a few guys were ejected from this, which yeah. you know certainly could change the narrative of the game. But yeah, it, I think it's a little overboard getting every player on every team a penalty. Just, just let them go. Let them play. Have some fun. 
The game was not going on. Nothing actually happened. That was bad. It's weird too. Like we used to criticize the NFL for like their, you know, the lack of celebrations and mm-hmm. everything was a penalty. It was constantly a penalty for showboating or taunting or whatever. And there's still still a couple of like I would say com- somewhat dumb penalties that I've seen in the NFL when it comes to that. But you know, college man, it's supposed to be like it's supposed to be out there having fun. And like when you're not, yeah. the guys aren't fighting, not throwing punches, not cussing at each other, just out exactly. there. You know, getting each other getting fired up. Like, I mean, let the let the guys play, man. I mean, come on. And then, yeah, you're right. This is the ejections. Like, I don't know, man. I it's I'm disappointed that I don't know if the NCAA will come out and say anything. Um, you know, a retraction, kind of like you see in the NFL, uh, or an advisory saying like, hey, like that probably shouldn't have been a penalty. I don't know, man, but. Like Georgia Southern went on to win the game in, in third overtime, thirty twenty seven, which is a, is a great game down to the wire, and then obviously in OT. So uh, I'm I'm disappointed that they would do such thing. I, I hope that whoever Georgia Southern plays next, I hope they do the same thing, and I hope it just becomes a tradition <laughs> or something like that. I mean, since Georgia Southern does this every game, you know, it's good that some other team finally took offense to it. It's like, hey, they're not going to do that while we're here. We're going to get up, and I'm glad. Coastal actually did something about it. I would have liked Coastal to actually beat them, but unfortunately they didn't. But hey, triple overtime just kind of extended that little tension that happened right there. So I mean, it definitely was a good game going down to the wire. Well, like I said, I, I hope it becomes a, a tradition. I hope, like, here on out, <laughs> just to make a point to the NCAA, just like both teams, whoever they're playing, in between the third get and up. fourth quarter, just get up, dance around a little bit, maybe play the uh, jump around song. And uh, and then just move on and, and have it be a fun thing that they can have their own tradition. So I don't know, we'll see. I'll have to keep my eye on that next Saturday. <laughs> All right, before we go to the break, real fast, World Series kicking off this week. I know we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Just your own personal opinion, Astros, Nationals. I think a lot of people predict the Astros to be there. I don't know how many people actually predict the Nationals. <laughs> uh, just gut feeling. Who are you picking on this? Well, I'm probably going to Bryce Harper, the Astros. I doubt he wants the Nationals to win after leaving them. I think Astros are going to take it. Nationals may win a game, but I could easily see this being a sweep, maybe 4-1. I'll settle with 4-1 Astros, so. Wow. I'm, uh, I think it's probably going to be Astros. I, I, I want kind of like just for that parody for it to be the Nationals, <laughs> shake it up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Nationals, you know, whether you go back to the Expos or, you know, now the Nationals have never won. Uh, a title, so I kind of would like to see a mix up, but at the same time, you know, my Chicago White Sox are following that rebuilding methodology of the Astros, so uh, you know, two World Series in three years would further cement, okay, we're doing the right thing, or we're, we're following the right path, so I don't know, I'm kind of torn there, but I, I hope it's a decent series. Uh, you know, both these teams are hitting machines, they're both low on strikeouts, I think pitching is going to be key. I feel like the mm-hmm. Astros have a little bit better pitching staff but, you know, it's all about who gets high. Both of them had interesting series. I thought the Astros had a, a harder road getting here than I think anybody thought they would. So, we'll see. But, well, uh, what, two games this week? Tuesday, Thursday, I think. And then it goes over to Nationals Saturday or Sunday. So, yeah, plenty. it's coming. So, by the time we meet next week, we, uh, we may feel one very heavily one way or the other <laughs> on how this series is going to play out. So, anyways. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break, thank our sponsors, uh, and then we're going to get right back in some more uh, football and then prediction challenge. So we'll be right back. 
Welcome back, everyone, to Season 2, Episode 9 of the Sports Talk Garage Podcast. Again, I'm John, here with David. Matt's taking the night off to feel, get to feeling better. Um, we just got done talking about uh, pro football, my Bears, unfortunately. Uh, college football, dance off, a little bit of, very little bit of baseball. I was just giving our predictions. Let's roll right back into the green flag and talk some more about football. So, two pretty interesting games that we want to discuss this week. First one, Wisconsin and Illinois. What an upset. Did you see that happening there? Uh, so, unfortunately, I was actually out of town and not get to see it. I've seen, you know, all the highlights are like, gosh, 31-point underdog and a last-second field goal to come back and knock off not just a team, but number six team in the nation, Wisconsin, one of the best teams, probably second best in the Big Ten. And, man, I, I don't think anybody would have predicted that. If anybody in Vegas put money on Illinois, they're a happy person right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised we haven't seen any, like, articles or anything posted about it. Someone, Gosh. you would think at least someone had to, to, to get a spin on it. But, yeah, I mean, this is, like, the same thing, you know, with traveling. I didn't get to see it live. Obviously, Illinois, you know, close to home. So, try to keep at least a general idea of what's going on down there in the program with Lovey and stuff. And uh, so, watch, the, you know, the, the highlights and the recap. And it's just a matter of, like, Wisconsin seemed to never put them away. Like, when you're the number six team in the country and you're playing a team that you should beat by 31 points, you need to do, like, what Alabama does, what LSU does, what – Don't let up. Uh, I was, was going to say what Florida does, but they're yeah. – you know, <laughs> the, the big powerhouse teams, you need to stomp on their throats and you need to get this gun, this this game over early. You need, you need to show in the first half a dominant performance and then – basically kill any and all motivation that another team has an opponent has against you and they never did that they never single put them away they always just kind of let them hang in there and then you know back-to-back turnovers we talk about turnovers kill Mm -hmm. uh, teams left and right you can't turn the ball over and win in football whether it be high school or pro or anything in between back-to-back turnovers the fumble and the interception uh got the you know illinois right back into the game so what an incredible thing. I mean, it, it, we, you know, we, is this, all right, what do you, what's your opinion? Is this as big, bigger, or not as big as the old App State, uh, Michigan uh, upset? Oh, gosh. I don't think it's as big, only because App State was an FCS team and Michigan at the time was, you know, top, probably top 10, maybe even top five, depending on what year it was. Um, so I don't know if it's as big, it, gosh, pretty close because you have this team. Wisconsin has a suffocating defense. They've shut down a lot of teams, probably the best running back in the nation who is just very legitimate Heisman candidate. And for whatever reason, they just couldn't close it out. And Illinois just had a little fight in them, and they just kept coming back. And, yeah, those two turnovers turned into 10 points in the last six minutes or so, that fuel at the end just was a heartbreaker. Unexpected is probably the only thing that I can think of for this. Do you think there's any chance of them recovering from this when it comes to, you know, playoff time? So next week they're playing Ohio State, which was already a must win to win the Big Ten. Now I think it's, I mean, it's like the most possible terms of must win that you can throw at them without being just some random bowl game. Because if they lose, they're going to be a two-loss team. Obviously, Illinois is not the best team in the world, and that's going to hurt their chances. So, yeah, this definitely knocked them out because they went from – been this number six to I think 12 or 13 in the AP poll so not even the top 10 after this loss I'm honestly like you know I wasn't on last week's episode and you guys talked about kind of the college football shakeup 
I was honestly surprised that like my my Gators fell as low as they did, having you know a battle with now what the mm-hmm. number two team in the country or are they one or two now LSU. Um, too. Yeah. So, you know, I was a little surprised, like, wow, if you have a, a shootout with a team of that caliber, you drop that significantly. <laughs> I'm surprised that Wisconsin losing to Illinois is better this year, maybe by a little bit than they have been, but they are not a good team at all. Like, <laughs> like Lovey <laughs> is literally fighting for his job. This might have saved him about another year or so as that coach mm-hmm. because that program has gone absolutely nowhere under him. Um, and – I'm just shocked that, like, they're still even in the top 15. Like, to me, I don't know, man. You, you lose like this, I, I think they should have been 15th or lower. But, yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't think there's any way when – you're, when you're talking about a college football program that is all about human perception and human votes, things like that, I don't see them passing the eye test any longer. No. Um, I don't see them beating Ohio State, and we're going to talk about this a little bit in our prediction game. I think that's going to be a very, very difficult game for them. And you're right, you know, if they're not going to win the conference, a two-loss team with one of those being against Illinois, I don't think there's any game. way. Yeah, that you're, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be going to the – pick a good – the Outback Bowl or some stupid <laughs> – like, you know, I don't know. Pick a place. But um, anyways, all right. Uh, the other one I want to talk about is uh, close to our home, uh, UNC and uh, Virginia Tech. So this game went to – Let's see, how many overtimes was it? Five or six? Yeah, you have to use two answer this one. Six overtimes. So, I guess first off, let's talk about this. What do you feel about the new overtime role in 2019? And so I think there was some change because last year there was a game that went to seven overtimes between LSU and Texas A&M. So essentially no clock, no kickoff, basically a coin flip. And each team gets one position possession per overtime at the opponent's 25-yard line. You know, if you score, the other team has a chance to score. So if there's a field goal, other field goal, they match it and keep going. The thing that I do like about the change is, and the third overtime and later, it has to be a two-point conversion. So it kind of gets a little little more sweat, a little more stressful there. And then once you get to the fifth overtime, it's literally just that two-point conversion. So it's one play at a time. I don't know. I did not expect any game this season to go to six overtimes, probably not even really three overtimes, but they just kept going. And UNC has been in some tough games like Clemson. They took to a point recently. Mac Brown has them fighting, but man, six overtimes is just killer for them. Yeah. And I actually just had a pretty big recruit that uh, committed this la- this past week, if I'm not mistaken. So Matt Brax, he's bringing some excitement back mm-hmm. to the Tar Heel football, which it's, it's been a long time it, since we've, we've had that. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, what a shootout. Uh, again, with traveling, I didn't get to watch it live, but, you know, going back and watching all the highlights of it. Um, again, it's like they were just back and forth, back and forth. It's like neither team's defense has really showed up. Um, no. But, you know, sometimes we have games like that. And, yeah, I agree. I think, like, I, I think college football has the best overtime of any football out there. It's a heck of a lot better than the pros. I'll take college football OT mm-hmm. any day over the NFL – I wish the NFL would wake up, but I know there's there's a lot of politics and money and everything else involved. So it's probably, you know, we're lucky that we even have an opportunity uh, to really have multiple possessions in the NFL over time these days. Um, but I think the college football is significantly more exciting the way they line up on the, on the opponent's 25. 
Um, you know, you can get a first down, but you're right there. You're already you in field goal range. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I agree with, I, I like the decision to, to change it. I mean, when you get to five, like, come on, like you're, you're, you're starting to risk, not only is it an extremely long game, um, but you're, re- yeah, you're risking yeah. injury. That's the big thing. Fatigue. Once, when you get to that level of fatigue, the body really start, you get sloppy, you know, you start putting your head down making tackles. Things could get dangerous when you get that tired. So I think, you know, it's, it's an easy way to kind of end the game quickly. You know, the, the NHL, change their overtime rules for, you know, the regular season a while back, kind of that three, you know, three on three hockey. And honestly, a lot of times the game ends in, you know, a minute or two uh, mm-hmm. because it, you know, it's, it's very explosive and very easy to score at that point. So it's kind of the same thing. Um, and I'm not a big fan of the NHL overtime rules. I kind of wish they would have just stuck with how it was before, but I get the sentiment and we're talking about five plus OTs. like, this is, it's a ridiculously long it's game ridiculous. at that point. So, and say I certainly prefer this over pro. Or essentially, if you win the coin flip, you have a very good chance of winning that game. Yeah. If your defense no. is going out, everybody in the turn is like, eh, we're screwed here. But I mean, at least at least this is fair. Where possession for possession, outscore your opponent, and you finally win. Yeah. So there's a lot more riding on this right here in terms of, for a fan. Because if I'm at a pro game and I see overtime, I'm like it's either going to go really well or really bad for me. Here, there's actually some excitement built in. Well, that's the funny thing too. Is like. Since they even since they changed the role of the NFL, they've had some games where it's like it's we've still ended in a tie because yeah. of the like, fact that you know the fact that you're yeah that you're still starting at like a normal kickoff is just there's no scoring like people want to see scoring people want an offensive game and the college game is exciting like it's because when the team scores it's sudden death now you've got an mm-hmm. opportunity can you hold them to a field goal all right. Now your offense has a chance to win the game right here with a touchdown or you kick a field goal and, and keep it going. So, I it's, it's just so much better. Um, all right, so moving on kind of back to the NFL. You guys talked about it last week. I don't, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure. Maybe I should put the blame on you guys uh, or what. Well, But you, you, know, you talked about Madden Curse last week. You guys were asking, like, you know, Mahomes, you had a couple of down weeks, a little bit of that ankle tweak, um, you know, a couple of losses there, and then – I'm thinking, all right, yeah, I, you know, I told you guys last week, I'm like, I don't know if I consider that a curse yet. Like, he's still not really injured. And then, it was just bam. a preview. Yeah. <laughs> Dislocated <laughs> kneecap. Man, that looked painful. It's amazing how, like, when you have a dislocation, when it pops back in, the pain, like, dissipates, like, yeah. substantially, like, pretty much instantaneously. Um, but he's going to be out a couple of weeks now. Well, I think I've heard last hour was three weeks. Um what do you think, you know, is he going to be able to come back? And, and where do you see this for as far as the Chiefs go? Because they've got uh, NFC North opponents the next couple of weeks, which sucks mm-hmm. for me as a Bears fan. I was hoping that Chiefs <laughs> were going to represent well and beat a couple of my my division rivals. But, um, you know, they, they dominated the game even though he went out early, which I was not expecting that. Uh, an old, old uh, Matt Moore coming into the game. Yeah, he's, he's a capable <laughs> fill in there. I mean, yeah, Packers, Vikings, next two weeks are going to be tough. Then they do actually have, you know, Titans, Chargers, and a bye week. So those will be three easy weeks. I think this is really going to come down to Andy Reid. He's going to kind of push it, say we're going for the Super Bowl, or kind of err on the side of caution here and be like, we got to look at the long term, the next, you know, 10 to 15 years, he's our quarterback. Do we rush him back for a chance to go deep in the playoffs where there's more susceptibility to another injury or re-aggravating this injury? I'd want to be sure he is, you know, 100% and then some before I even put him back out on the field. 
granted, you might lose a game or two. You're still in really good position to go for a playoff run. I don't know. I'd say hold about. He's a franchise quarterback. He's an MVP. You don't want him to re-injure that. Although, from what I've heard, you know, he's been undergoing extensive full therapy, and he's progressing nicely. So, he two, three weeks, he could be back, and I don't know. I'd hold him out a little bit longer just to be safe, though. Well, and the thing is, too, like, all you need to do is win your division to be guaranteed in. Yeah. And when you're in a division, AFC West, where your nearest opponent is the Raiders at 3-3, three and three, <laughs> Broncos are terrible, Flacco is awful. Garbage. The guy is getting killed back there. So I don't even know if it's, like, all him or offensive line or what, but he's getting killed. Chargers, I don't know what's going on. Like, a lot, I honestly thought they'd be challenging the Chiefs again this year. They're sitting at two and five. They're yeah, so what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, make sure he's one hundred and ten percent, and then bring him back because you already are up two games. Um, you know, on the Raiders as far as overall record goes. Even as long as Matt Moore is capable, and even as a game manager, you got to think mm-hmm. that they are should easily win their division. So, you know, obviously you want to get him back in there. You don't want him to be rusty coming into playoff time. But, you know, maybe be very selective in those last handful of games or so. See who your opponent is and say, all right, this is an opponent that we think he can get in there, get some nice reps in, get some confidence back in, uh, and then progress from there. But, you know, I, I think if I'm Andy Reid, I think I, I agree. I think I play it smart. And mm-hmm. I say, listen, yeah, we're, we're probably going to win this division. We're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, uh, no point in, in rushing us right now. Yeah, they're yeah. in a nice spot with that with that com- or that division and the state of that division. So and the great thing here, unlike college, a win is a win. So instead of blowing people out, they might win by three points, seven points, and it's okay. Whereas college, you want to get that big statement win to kind of pad that resume for the playoffs. Here, as long as you get by your opponent, that's all that matters. So it might not be as exciting offensively the next few weeks, but that doesn't matter. Just yeah. get a win and keep going. Yeah, that's an yeah. excellent point. Excellent point. Yeah, there is no eye test in the NFL. No. But yeah, it was crazy seeing that Thursday. I was, one of my first thoughts was, wow, I just talked about this. And <laughs> did I jinx him? I don't know. But just crazy timing how that happened. So, yeah, the Madden curse kind of lives on where some extent of an injury happens to cover athlete, and we're here again. Yeah, with being down in Florida, I was um... – I had the game on early and then ran out to get some, some carry out for dinner. And I got back and I, I was like walked in to the condo that we were staying at. And I look at the TV and I was like, that's not my home. <laughs> I'm like, what? Who, who is that? <laughs> and then I'm like, what happened? And I'm looking at the score. I'm like, all right, it's too early in the game. Like they wouldn't have pulled them out now. It's, you know, and uh, you know, then I obviously check Twitter and everything and, and see the, the highlights of the injury. Um, so he's lucky that it looks like that ligament isn't torn. Um, mm-hmm. it's a, I guess, simple dislocation if you can call any dislocation that, but it's best case scenario for him uh, and his longevity. So hopefully it doesn't turn into something, you know, for his, his sake, uh, hope it's not something that's going to nag him for his career, but we'll see. All right. So let's get into, uh, the juicy part of the episode. Mm. Let's get into our prediction games you know, so for the white flags, get in predictions. So. Not a great week for me, I don't think, but let's talk about it. Um, we talked about Michigan at Penn State. You guys all thought I was crazy. Oh, Penn State yeah. was favored by eight and a half. I'm the only one went with uh, with Michigan on that. 
they they end up only winning by seven. So I took the victory on that. <laughs> covered. Michigan covered. I don't know, man. Like I, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was looking at the records, looking at the the, the scoring, and I'm like, I don't think they're gonna win this game. But just something about me thought it was gonna be a tight game. So I'm glad at least one of my predictions turned out decent this week. <laughs> Uh, moving on, Florida Gators uh, at South Carolina. This game got very, very chippy, especially at the end. Uh, a lot of bobbles being thrown in the end zone. It got a little, mm-hmm. little nasty down there in in, in Columbia. But um, let's see. Florida was favored by seven, ends up winning by 11. All was picked Florida, so that's a win for us. Uh, Eagles at Dallas. Uh, Dallas was favored by three, ends up winning by 27. Oh, oh, oh. So Dallas yourself and that. Chris and I – thought that it would be a tight game and that the Eagles would pull it out. Um, I I don't know where this Dallas Cowboys team has been all mm. year, but <laughs> what a dominating performance. Got them back on the track, and uh, so nice win for you guys as well. i got to say, then, I've got the two guys at work who are Cowboys fans. I have not heard a word out of them until this past week. They're like, oh, Cowboys are back going to the Super Bowl, my guys. <laughs> One win does not equate a Super Bowl run. Calm down. Uh, typical Cowboys. Uh, typical. I, I got I got some family members in Dallas, and it, it's oh man, yeah, they've been very very quiet this year, and now suddenly they're coming out of the woodwork and yep. they're talking about how great the Cowboys are again. So let's let's calm down. You beat the Eagles, <laughs> like I know that it's a rival, but let's calm down. Uh, and then unfortunately painful for me, New Orleans Saints at Bears. Bears. Uh, it was, excuse me, this was the over under, uh, thirty nine point five. Honest, I. Uh, let's see, my you and I actually predicted yeah. this to be an under. Um, total was in the being 61. So, Ferris came back at the very end, uh, you know, to, I guess, make it slightly more respectable. But that score was not anywhere – did not tell the story, the true story no. of that game. Final ended up being 61 total points. So, uh, Chris and Matt, a great day for them. So, week eight uh, totals, Chris was two and two. David, you're a two and two. I was two and two. And Matt, he's coming out of the woodworks, man. All of a sudden, he's back in the game. Three and one. Uh, Three and one. So, right now, uh, let's see yourself. You're leading at 18, 13, and one. Uh, Chris and Matt are now tied 17, 14. And I've dropped from, I think, first to last. It was 16, Mm. 15, and one. So, (laughs) I don't know if my go bold or go home strategy is working out too well or not. It worked out well. Worked for Michigan. So, yeah, yeah. We'll see how, how it goes. All right, so this week, who's going to cover? Number 13, Wisconsin, 61. We talked about earlier at number four, Ohio State. It's going to be a one heck of a battle for, for the Badgers. Uh, Ohio State, 7-0. and Right now, they're favored by 14 points. Who are you taking on this? Yeah, so, and this one's tough. Wisconsin is so good. But it's easy to see, I don't know, them falling apart, which sounds really odd for as good as they are. But Ohio State is just unstoppable. I still think they're one of the most complete teams in all facets of the game. Justin Fields is playing amazing. Two touchdown lead. I'm going to go Ohio State on this one. All right. I'm, I think I'm going to agree with you on that one. I I hate picking Ohio State with passion. <laughs> I hate Ohio State. But um, you know, do it for the that, point. Now that Urban's got out of there, I feel a little bit better. I'll go for the point. I think, I think it's going to be close. 14 points scares me a little bit, honestly. But and same thing with Matt. He and I are, are going to agree with you both go Ohio State. Matt's, you know, he's an Ohio State guy. He's he's a little worried as well. But uh, Chris is the only one taking Wisconsin. So he's going to go big or go home. Okay. We'll, we'll see how it turns out. Uh, over under. 
Number nine in Auburn, six and one at number two LSU. We talked about LSU earlier uh, tonight, seven and zero. Oh. Uh, will the teams combine for more or less than fifty eight point five points? Tell you what you got. Points. So both teams are high offensively powered. The last time we had a game like this where two offensively powered teams were in, they didn't really meet the number. So I'm hesitant to say over. I'm going to go over again. I think they can get over sixty. All right. Let's see. Um, Chris is going to pick the under. Okay. Matt is going to pick the over. And we're going to be completely split down the road. I'm going under. Going going under. Auburn's got a great defense. And, yeah, to the point you just made, you know, sometimes those high-flying offenses, they seem to cancel each other out. So, I think it's going to be interesting to see. We're very split on this. So, we'll see how, how it shakes up. Um, moving on, our first NBA. Now the NBA is finally kicking off uh, this week. Who's going to cover? We got Lakers and at Clippers, so <laughs> we'll say it's probably a home <laughs> game for Lakers. I don't know. Uh, Tuesday night, ten thirty Eastern uh, on TNT. Clippers are currently favored by two and a half, so a wash. Yeah. Um, what do you think on that one? Gosh, this is going to be for supremacy of Los Angeles for the season. So both teams got some high-powered superstars coming. I think the Clippers are going to be dominant and kind of put the Lakers in their place. So Clippers are going to take this one. All right. Chris is going to take Lakers on this one. Matt is going to take Lakers. Uh, David, I'm going to agree with you, though. We're going to be split on this okay. one as well. I'm going Clippers. Let's do it. So I don't know, man. I, I've lost a lot of respect for LeBron, and I, mm-hmm. I don't know if that team's going to quite be gelling quite yet. So – Let's go qual and, and see how it goes with like or with the Clippers. So we'll see we'll see what happens. All right. Um, who's gonna cover? Moving back to the NFL, your boys, the Panthers, are four and two at the 49ers, who shockingly are at six and oh. <laughs> Sunday at four oh five West Coast game. Um currently San Francisco is favored by four and a half. Uh what are you thinking on this one? Going hometown or are you going going points? And this one's tough. I Kyle Allen's going to be starting again. Cam is out. The 49ers defense has been playing well, but quarterback play has been substandard. I think our defense can come away with a win. Hopefully the offense will still show up like they have been the past few games without a lot of turnovers. So I'm going to go Panthers. All right. So we're going to be very split on this one again. <laughs> Chris is going to join with you. No shocker there. I would have I was going to okay. be pretty shocked if he, he didn't go Panthers on this. Um, I'm a little surprised. Matt and I are Matt's going with me, and he's picking the San Francisco. I think the hot hand, you know, I I was a little little sad at first when someone yanked Garoppolo away from me on the waiver wire in our fantasy mm-hmm. league after I lost Breeze uh, early in the year. And, uh, you know, I wasn't too sad about that. He had a couple of interesting games, but, you know, 6-0. and oh, yeah. I think this is, you know, with the Saints somehow still winning without Breeze, I feel like this is kind of still like an, a, a must-win game for you guys to go into San Francisco. Um, you know, it's it, it's weird. I, I don't remember last time I picked San Francisco to win anything. Um, <laughs> so, it's going to be interesting. Let's see how you guys travel. Uh, and then a bonus one, since we always talk about Duke Carolina on the basketball side. It's one of our heavy topics during basketball season. Let's talk about football. A little bonus prediction. Who's going to cover? Uh, you got Duke at four and three at Carolina, three and four. We talked about Carolina earlier, a lot of close games. Uh, battle for the victory bell. It's going to be Saturday at 4 p.m. UNC is currently favored by three and a half, even though they have uh, a worse record. Uh, what are you thinking on this one? 
So it's going to be hard to go against Mac Brown. I think Carolina's got their mojo back. He's He's got the team where he wants them. Carolina's going to take this one to the Blue Devils. All right. So you, me, and Chris are all going Carolina. No okay. shocker there. And equally yeah. not a shocker, Matt is going with his Dukies. So <laughs> oh, hope we all didn't pick that just off of fandom right there. Well, you know, I, I think we've, we've documented quite well. Yeah. You know, UNC, somehow they're the record. I feel like they're a better team than the record shows. I think they're a lot better team than even we predicted they were going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. You know, they've the, the only problem is, is that they, they've played to their competition both up and down, and that's the only thing that scares me a little bit. Um, you know, teams that they should have been blown out by or at least heavily beaten by, they've managed to make them really tight games and actually won some of them. But there's been other teams that, you know, honestly, they, they should have performed much better. They should have been favored on games they were favored in uh, that they end up losing. So, uh, yeah, that scares me a little bit. But, you know, ride die with the Carolina Blue, certainly. <laughs> always, always. All right, so let's throw the checkered flag. Any final thoughts that's on your mind? What's going on in the world of sports for you this week? Oh, gosh. I'm actually going to look ahead to a new week. Next week, we're heading down to Texas. I get to go to my first F1 race, so I'm excited just to experience that, hang out with the guys for a few days. So I'm looking forward to next week. Yeah, you and me both. It, uh, it kind of crept up on me. I didn't realize it was <laughs> it's literally next soon. week, yeah. flying out Thursday night. So, yeah, we'll be um, – we'll be- I'm sure posting a lot of stuff on Twitter and um, all kinds of, you know, good pictures and videos and sound clips and things like that. But yeah, looking forward to that. You know, Mercedes locked up their sixth consecutive oh, yes, world did. championship this week. And they've guaranteed that they it'll also be a double world champion as now only the Mercedes drivers are eligible for the driver's championship. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton mathematically could lock it up this coming week in Mexico, but me personally, I kind of hope it's one more week and that it, uh, I get to see it live in Austin. So that would be incredible to see my boy take his sixth championship as well. So looking forward to that. Um, all right. So it's been a pleasure. Like I said, hopefully we'll have Matt back next week. Uh, again, guys, we want to hear from you. We enjoy hearing from you, all the debates. So hit us up on Twitter, Sports Garage Pod. Um, obviously, direct message or, or tweets is fine. You can email us at feedback at sports talkgarage.com and uh always check out www.sportstalkgarage.com for uh you know a lot of cool stuff again our bios and all that fun stuff just get to know us a little bit more and uh, as we get to look get to know you guys a little bit more as well so looking forward to that we'll call it a night and uh looking forward to recording next week with you definitely it's been fun all right talk soon take care guys Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to have your sports-related question or comment featured on the show, please email us at sportstalkgarage at gmail.com. Also, if you want to keep up to date with us outside of the show, please follow us on Twitter at sportsgaragepod. If you enjoy the show, please drop us a five-star review and subscribe if you want to hear more. So for Chris back in the studio, David and Matt, I'm John, and we are the Sports Talk Garage.